The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is the news. And why, 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 why it matters. Hey, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Glenn Beck is back with us. Yeah. Yes, welcome. <laughs> uh, I've been here the whole time, actually. Oh. I've just been invisible. Um, <laughs> top story. Top story today, I think, has to be the conspiracy wire. All right, so. What talk show host is capable of invisibility? We have the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we're only two weeks away from the election, which gives me free pass to be as uh, nerdy about uh, polling stats. Geek out on uh, I can, Yeah, I can do that, and we'll do some of that today. All right, Jason. Ha- uh, losing a 17-point lead was not the top uh, story for you? Well, that's why my voice is like this. Uh, <laughs> screaming expletives at the television. Uh, we'll do that to your voice, so I apologize. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Oh, totally I thought works. maybe you were sick. No, I'm not sick at all. Oh, that's just, hilarious. Just screaming at the uh, it depends on what kind of sick you mean. Yes. <laughs> I feel your pain. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the migrant caravan, uh, the latest numbers are insane. Who is originally behind this? Do and you have it? The, do you have it? The new numbers. No, do you have who's behind it yet? Uh, originally. Originally. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Got a lot to get into there. Before we do that, want to thank our sponsor, Brickhouse. Uh, Brickhouse is getting me through today with their product from dawn to dusk (laughs) because uh, after a really terrible Cowboys loss, Mm -hmm. I found it hard to fall asleep. I was really angry. I'm sure you... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was the only thing that got me through today was I knew at least the Cowboys lost too. But yeah, there's days, especially when you you don't get enough sleep or you get through one of those like, you know, mid-afternoon meetings and you're really struggling. No offense, Glenn. Uh, <laughs> you need the dawn to dusk, and it does a great job with that. Yes, and so, uh, you know, I, I actually slept well last night. I was uh, yesterday. I was in a English pub, <laughs> uh, believe it or not, and I was uh, watching uh, football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. English football. I don't even know whose side, but I. And thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't. There was an age screaming. I was just like, "Wow, that's fun!" And I moved on with my life. Wow. And you liked their costumes. Their costumes were nice. <laughs> Very nice. Yes. Uh, but they also have uh, Field of Greens, which I know we've all tried on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, usually with men, it's a much better way for them to get their vegetables because you guys are all like, eh, "I don't like to eat my vegetables." True. That's how we sound. One hundred percent. Right. Exactly. It's very accurate. So you can go to BrickHouseBlaze.com and use promo code Green. For 15% off of your first order, or you can text screens to 41411. Glenn, Conspiracy Wire. Well, I found out that by just saying the truth about Mr. Khashoggi, 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 there's about 20 pronunciations. The dead guy. Mm -hmm. um, I am a conspiracy theorist. Once again, it's a conspiracy theory just to say what he actually believed. In his own words, it's a conspiracy theory. Um, it shows you how powerful the left is and how in bed the left is with the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, he's the guy in Saudi, uh, that was killed from Saudi Arabia that was in uh, Istanbul. Um, and there's some new details that have come out that are pretty remarkable. This is like, this you wouldn't... This couldn't happen in a movie. You wouldn't believe it. You'd be like, oh, they'd never do that. But apparently they might have. But let's not forget who he is, and let's not forget who they are. And let's also not forget 
who Turkey is. There are no good guys in this story. Turkey is not an ally. I remember when we were thinking about, let's bring them into NATO. I remember thinking, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I was playing Britney Spears records at the time. Um, they're not an ally, not a friend. They want a caliphate. They just want to be the head of the caliphate. And it's a Muslim Brotherhood caliphate. Uh, Saudi Arabia, they want a caliphate. They want a Wahhabist caliphate. And they have spent millions and millions and millions of dollars spreading that virus even here to the United States. They deny it. Our officials deny it. But anybody who lives in certain parts of Virginia know exactly what I'm talking about. People who live in Dearborn know exactly what I'm talking about. They, have, they are not a friend of freedom or the United States. So Khashoggi, 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 Hops and Beffords Incorporated or whatever that was, um, uh, the, uh, he leaves Saudi Arabia because he is for the Muslim Brotherhood. In his own words, yes, I joined the Muslim Brotherhood. He leaves, he takes exile. In, in one of his writings for the Washington Post, printed in the Post, he says it's foolish to think that any government could be formed in the Middle East that wasn't an Islamicist-run government. Yeah, but other than his own words. What other than his own words saying, hey, I'm for an Islamicist government, which, by the way, is never good. Uh, that's what Saudi Arabia has, just a different form of Islam, not the Muslim Brotherhood. I tweet this uh, weekend something about him saying, hey, let's not forget Muslim Brotherhood. I'm a conspiracy theorist. No, no, no. Here are the facts. Here are the facts. Was it somebody in the media that did that? Uh, no, it, it was a dog pile. It was a dog pile. I didn't, even, I didn't care to even notice who said it. I just noticed it was being said, and, and it, was, it was craziness. Craziness. Definitely the, seems like their take on this is to try to any any words of criticism on him are being taken as you're excusing what happened or you're you're trying to protect you know, Trump or because everyone has to relate everything to Trump. I tweeted I, three things. Mm. This is not a defense of Donald Trump's response to this. This is not a defense of Saudi Arabia. He did not deserve this. But it's not a conspiracy to quote him. Yeah. <laughs> no. Donald Trump. I don't know what he's going to do yet. I don't like the way we've handled it, but I have to reserve the right to say, I don't know how I would handle it as president of the United States. This one's a tough one. A lot of people in the media and even big time think tanks like Brookings. I was reading this thing uh, from Brookings, Brookings talking really downplaying uh, how bad the Muslim Brotherhood was. Like actually not even downplaying it. They were straight up saying that they were going along the lines of they're a secular, you they're know, not. political entity. Of course they're not. And everyone that's ever looked into them knows that. But the but the problem is, is that the Obama administration was very, very good with people like Ben Rhodes, making people think that, no, 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 they're all good. They're, here's how we know about the Muslim Brotherhood, not only through history and when they were founded, not only through their current day slogans and everything else in the Middle East, but we also know because the Muslim Brotherhood printed and we found after 9-11 a list of their goals in the United States. 
And one of them was to turn the press into an ally to say the Muslim Brotherhood isn't really anything but a secular group promoting democracy. Well, they're stating what they're trying to do back in the 90s. We find it after 9-11, and now the media just... Wait, what, you're... You don't think they just did that to you? Because that was their goal. It's a, Khashoggi, he's, he's, he's got a really interesting story. He, he, really, he, was, he, was, he was aligned with the, with the government in the, in the very beginning, with the Saudi royal, royal family. And his job was basically to edit newspapers to make sure nothing bad came out about the royal family. So that, that was his job. If that sounds like a freedom, a press-loving, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, freedom guy, guy yeah. you're, so, you're, you're mistaken. So then, so, so he, is, he, should be the, he should be the enemy of the press. Just, just on that yes. background alone, he should be the enemy. But the moment he slipped up was when he allowed a pro-Muslim uh, Brotherhood attack on a Wahhabi cleric to slip through the cracks and get through. Then he got basically kicked off that, mm-hmm. that, that beat. All of a sudden, he became a media darling. All of a sudden, out of nowhere. It makes absolutely no sense. They should all be uh, not, I mean, of course. I mean, well, because the timing is interesting, I think. The timing, all of his friends ended up in a you know, Saudi slaughterhouse because of the Muslim Brotherhood, because of what was happening in Egypt. And, you know, so by that time, everybody in the media is telling us Muslim Brotherhood and the revolution in Egypt is wonderful. Are they not? Yeah. Have the timing wrong? No. Yeah. Uh, it is amazing. I mean, the whole story is incredible. Obviously, the, when this first comes out, there's reasons to be skeptical about it, right? I mean, Turkey, Turkey is no friend of Saudi Arabia. All, almost every report was coming in from Turkey uh, that, that this was, was happening. But now we have reports that they actually, after he was murdered, had someone who looked like him put on his clothes and walk around town yeah. so he could be caught on camera so they could later say, no, he left here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is like, I, it is legitimate, like Brad Thor type yeah. stuff going on in the middle <laughs> of we, this story. We've, this, this story is amazing to me, and I think maybe why it matters in a, in a bigger, a larger context, is that we've all just been kind of given a glimpse into the reality on the ground in the Middle East right now. Mm-hmm. Um, where there's two, we have two allies, that are supposed allies, Turkey and Saudi Arabia. And there's this war that's being fought between the two. And it's a bloody, very bloody war, and they both support terrorists, uh, terror, uh, terrorist activities on and both Sharia sides. And Sharia law. And, and the caliphate. Law. Exactly. And now you have the, the media and other government, like legacy uh, you know, think tanks, they're all kind of rushing to back you know, their stance they've had over the past decade to say, no, 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 yeah, the Muslim Brotherhood, they're really great guys. They hope that you don't do your own homework and look in. And mark my word, th- these are facts. Muslim Brotherhood invented modern-day jihadism. They inspired al-Qaeda. The uh, co-founder uh, with Osama bin Laden was a Muslim Brotherhood member. They are the ones, <laughs> they are the ones who said, we'll infiltrate... Western democracies, because we have to destroy them, so we will disguise ourselves as democracy lovers, and we will implant ourselves in there so we can destroy them from the inside. Am I wrong? You're exactly right. I mean, this is all well known. And this is who they've jumped in bed with. But on the other hand, we've also jumped in bed with the Saudis, who is a mafia state. I mean, they're doing the same, they're capable of this barbarism. It is such a mafia state. 
Tell me the Godfather part of the story that just came out today. Oh my gosh, this is insane. So this is, again, this is a Turkish source, but these keep on rolling out. So supposedly they also have proof that there was a Skype call between one of the guys from Saudi Arabia that ordered the hit. His name's Katani. He's like the head of the prince's like communications or something like that. Basically, it's propaganda, main guy, number one. Um, that he Skyped into the torture session. So he's up on a big screen. It is, there's Pops' face. They, he could see, uh, see Kashagi. And uh, he ordered the hit from Skype. So face-to-face, ordered the hit from Skype. Pup told them to dismember the body, but bring the horse to the head, make sure they bring the horse to the head back to him. So basically bring his head back to me. Which is wow. Godfather. Yes. That's insane. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Uh, want to move on to Stu's topic, but I want to make sure that you have enough time to geek out. Good, okay, good, good. So let's take a break, and we'll be back in a minute. Because yeah, it's full of geek. Yes, it's, it's good. It's nerdville a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah, it's good nerdville. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour. On tour this fall. All right, a lot to get into, but I uh, want to make sure we thank our sponsor this segment, My Patriot Supply. Glenn, I know that uh, you have worked with My Patriot Supply for a long time, big advocate of um, keeping emergency food. Yeah, I, I think, hand. I mean, you're seeing this. We were just talking about this this morning. I think we're going to do a show, hopefully. Um, on, on the reality of the ground and the hurricane. Nobody's talking about the president and FEMA and who's to blame and everything else. When you go to Florida, that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about, do you have water? They're talking about, my neighbor doesn't have electricity. How can we get electricity? They're, they're talking about real life stuff. And that's when, when the crap hits the fan, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. And that's what my Patriot Supply does and does better than anybody else. I know. I've looked at all of them. I've been doing this for 20 years. These people are the best. And they make it easy for schlubs, too, which I think is important to note. Because Glenn's like an actual, like, he actually you know, knows stuff about preparation and has been doing this for a while. I've got a surgery kit. He's got <laughs> I do <laughs> not. Do you really? I do. Wow. And a book. And a book. You want your appendix out? <laughs> I mean, I will say with Obamacare, it may be coming by. You are a doctor. <laughs> I well. am a doctor. <laughs> I, you know, he got all that. And I'm looking through this book and I'm like, who do I know that would have the guts to do this? Yeah. You'd have to be laying on the ground going, just cut me open. <laughs> okay, but it's not going to work out well. So you can get uh, two weeks of emergency food supply. That is breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Two weeks worth for $75. That is a steal. You can go to preparewithnews.com and get you that two-week food supply. All right, Stu. Uh, we're two weeks away from the election, basically. Two weeks tomorrow. Uh, and uh, we will have, by the way, coverage here uh, on The Blaze. Yeah, it's not going to be exactly the kind of coverage that you get, you know, on NBC. <laughs> it's going to be a tad different. But Which means it's going to be way better. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be one you're going to want. You're going to want to have some booze. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, join us. We can make that happen. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but what's interesting is there's a new poll out from uh, NBC, and the, the poll told an interesting story. First of all, it was the best poll that Donald Trump has had in 
a very long time. I think his approval rating was 47%, which is as high as it's been in a non-Rasmussen poll. Uh, <laughs> you know, Rasmussen has, been, has always been very positive for the president. 80%? Rasmussen, 80%. But to get that from Wall Street Journal, uh, NBC, is a big deal. Um, uh, but in the poll, they, have, they ask a question before a midterm election. Um, and, it, and the question is, on a scale from 1 to 10, give me your intensity on this election. How closely are you following? How, how, much are, how excited are you? What's your... What's your, the intensity of, of your participation? Um, and if you look at this going back in history on midterm elections, it really tells the story of each election. Um, for example, go back to 2006. 2006, Democrats uh, had 69% that had a 9 or a 10, per, uh, 10 uh, rating. And they it was won. 69 to 56, and that was a wave election for Democrats. Mm-hmm. 2010 is the next one. Well, you see, that was the Tea Party uh, you know, wave election. 66 to 49 for Republicans, where they are favored in this uh, high-intensity scale. Go on to 2014, another big Republican win, not quite as big as 2010, but again, a, a nice lead for Republicans, 59 to 48. You go over to 2018, and this is the story that has been told in the polls, I think, all the way leading up to this point, which has been Democrats look poised for a pretty solid win, where they would, re- they would win the House and have a shot at the Senate, though structurally it's very difficult for them to take the Senate this time, but it was going to be a Democratic situation. That goes all the way up to, the, to September. Kavanaugh happens, and now look at it. Democrats go, are more intense than they were at the beginning of the year nine by points. nine points, but Republicans are more intense by 15 points. They've closed the gap from 10 to 4. And now, if you look at all five of those elections, um, you will see that uh, 72% Democrats and 68% Republicans at high intensity are the highest of any party in all of those elections. Uh, for the most part, 72 is the highest history. In, in the entire history, at least going back in, in at least recent history. Um, and then you, know, you just see Democrats at 69. Basically, these are the two highest numbers you're going to get uh, out of all of this, which is really interesting because I think now the Kavanaugh thing, among, with, with some other details, have really built up um, the people going to their own sides and saying, you know what, I really care about this. Usually in midterms, this helps Republicans because when Republicans care, they're more likely to vote. Their, their likely voters are more likely to go to the polls. Um, and it, there's a little bit of a reverse in here where I said Trump was at 47% approval among uh, registered voters. He's only 45% among likely voters, which is, it's usually the opposite. I will say, like, like, it's kind of exciting if you're a poll nerd because, like, they don't really know what the hell is going to happen here. They think, you know, Republicans are going to lose the House. They think Republicans are going to hold the Senate. But I think, you know, anything's on the table. Um, and Did you notice what I talked Am I the only one that has seen this? Because maybe it's skewed. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen stories that are now couching from left sources. Mm-hmm that are now couching this whole thing with, you know, it's really an uphill battle. It's always yes. been an uphill battle yes, for the Democrats to take the House. No, it wasn't. Yeah, no, it not wasn't. at all. I mean, this it is... was just a couple weeks ago, Nancy Pelosi said, was it going to be a blue wave or is it going to be a tsunami? We don't know. We don't right. know, right. I, yeah. No, it's, that's very true. And that's an... Kavanaugh, you blew it. <laughs> Interesting you notice that because it, it really has been a change of messaging from them. I mean, they were, they were out there saying they were going to do this and they had a really good chance of taking the Senate. And all of a sudden, there's this big uphill battle. That tells you something. And that's, <laughs> what it tells you is probably really good for Republicans. Can I ask you one question? Mm-hmm. You know, we had Ben Sass on today on radio. And Ben is not real popular right now. He's said some things that are making people really angry. Mm -hmm. Looking at that, I'm trying to figure out what Ben is saying based on what I see retweeted. And the sentiment, see if this makes sense with the poll numbers. Mm -hmm. 
if Kavanaugh would not have been supported by Donald Trump, we would not be seeing these poll numbers. The, Democrat, the Republicans would not, would not be on fire to go out and vote. Would you agree with that? Possibly. Uh, I think there's also a chance if they didn't get a nominee through, they may be very intense to get a nominee through. I so. think this happened because I think we would have been demoralized, but I think Donald Trump is seen, like him or not, is seen by a lot of people as somebody who at least is in the fight. Mm-hmm. He's sure. taking a stand and he's in the fight every day, and they like that somebody is standing up and fighting. So with yeah. Ben Sass, mm-hmm. Ben is a guy who is talking about, like me, is a guy who's talking about it, written a book about it, but he ain't in the fight every day. And so you don't get that extra credit of, look, man, I'm in the middle of battle. I'm going to make some mistakes, but at least I'm in the battle. I think that's partly true. I think, you know, with with the Kavanaugh issue and, and Sass in particular, like Sass is, you know, look, he's he 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 gets publicity when he because he's one of the very few Republicans who will ever say one even questioning word of Donald Trump. So he gets a lot of publicity about that, and people, I think, take him as this big-time Trump opponent. We don't over the numbers today. I mean, he's voting with the guy 87% of the time. He's not, I mean, you know, he, just, he doesn't like his approach. Yeah, he doesn't um, like his approach. But That's still, it. like, I, you know, this is light criticism coming from an, a real ally in Congress. There's no reason for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, I think the Trump thing is part of it. I, I tend to believe that the biggest part of these numbers strengthening for Republicans uh, as it relates to Kavanaugh was how insane the Democrats went. And, and I think Trump's part of that. Like, I think Trump drives people to, to, to up their level of, of crazy. Um, and the media, I think, it is guilty of that. And I think the Democrats are, too. And they went so far, so crazy, so to points that were so indefensible that I think a lot of Republicans were like, whoa, we can't let this happen. Right. And I don't think it's uh, separate from <clears throat> Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, uh, all of the stuff... Go get them at the lunch counters. Go get them where they're yeah. eating. All of that stuff. Plus Democratic Socialists saying, yeah, capitalism isn't always going to be here. And Kavanaugh, the world has gone insane. And people are like, I, I got to get out and vote. I, I think, too, the, um, uh, the, the caravan is part of this. I know you're going to the caravan here in a second. Um, it's <clears> a <throat> blessing for Republicans. It's a gift to Donald Trump. But look at these polls. This is another interesting part of this. Uh, 2006, again, wave election. This is right after the, uh, the uh, immigration, comprehensive immigration thing fails with Bush. They're at 62% Latino voter with high interest in the election. Uh, and that's a big win for Democrats. 2010, again, a Republican one. It goes drops down to 48. 2014, another Republican win. They're down at 41%. In 2018, up to this point, 47%. Really middling and not all that exciting. However, the caravan going on, uh, the uh, I mean, 71%. It's, it's 71% of Latino voters now I high interest. I doubt that's caravan. I think, I think that's too early for caravan. It might be too early for caravan, although it is on the heels of the you know children in cages controversy mm-hmm. um, that could also be uh, influencing that. So I mean, I, I think that that <clears throat> stuff is going to be playing into it, and so really, they there's a lot of conflicting information there. They really don't know what's going to happen right now. Well, I mean, it's interesting too because you know when Donald well before Donald Trump got elected, they 
thought that they knew that Hillary was going to win, didn't they? Yeah, I will say that they are much more sure on the polling now to say the Republicans are going to lose the House and win the Senate than they were with Trump. I mean, Trump, people say that, like, you know, they had no idea it was coming. I'm like, they gave him a 30% chance. I mean, that's not nothing. They did not see him as the favorite is the really easy way to talk about that. I mean, but like, you know, a good hitter has a 300 batting average. It's about what they said he had a chance to, to, I mean, you know, to, to win. I mean, they... There were some of them were not like that. I mean, some of them gave there were some of those projection models that gave them almost no chance. But I mean, five thirty eight, which is the most you know talked about one, was about thirty percent. I mean, here they're saying eighteen percent, twenty percent chance. So I mean, the polls don't look great, but these numbers are kind of conflicting. And you know, the Kavanaugh thing was real. Whether it holds all the way to the election, I don't know. In the news cycle like this, will people even remember Brett Kavanaugh's name in a month after he was put in? I don't even know anymore. Well, I think uh, maybe two. People confronting Mitch McConnell at a restaurant. Yeah. You know, I those things of, happening, I think, will also I think that all just dogpiles. Good for Republicans, Yeah, though. good for Republicans. Yeah, exactly. All right, back in a minute. So do you think the caravan is going to get hard here? <sighs> uh, that, that would be bad for Republicans. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. All right, got a lot coming up, but before we get to it, want to thank our sponsor. I'm so excited to talk about this product. I have used it and I love it. Uh, Skin Kick. So, as we all know, we are we're on air, we're on camera. There's a lot of pressure to like always look your best. That's no, not here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know at all. Not for okay. this well, as a female, as female, a female yeah, right, maybe, we have maybe. all of these terrible standards on us. Yeah. And uh, I've hit that age where I wake up and look in the mirror first thing, and I'm like, I don't remember those fine lines being mm-hmm. there last night. Yeah. Where did they all come from? Uh, so I started using Skin Kick about six months ago, and I have seen a difference uh, in my skin. It's firmer, and the fine lines have decreased. Um, and then I, I want to show you guys the independent results from a dermatology's office who did this. It's, um, if you can look at that, before and after. So you can see her skin is smoother under her eyes. It reduces age spots. Um, and it just improves the skin texture all around. So as you can see, you don't have to take my word for it. Uh, the results are visible and they're there. Uh, you got a daily cleanser, a blemish relief lotion for any annoying little blemish that pops up, and uh, the anti-aging glow renewal serum. It takes less than five minutes twice a day. That's what I, personally I love because I don't have time to go get you know facials and all that kind of thing. So uh, you can go to tryskinkick.com and get 30% off right now with the Blaze 30. Use that promo code, and it's 100% money back guarantee. So. Um, do, are you guys ready? I came up with this tagline myself. Oh, cool. Yeah, ready? yeah, ready. yeah. You've got nothing to lose but years off your face. Wow. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Go to yeah. tryskinkick.com. <laughs> no, not really. Use code theblaze30. Okay, Jason. Uh, so the Myra Caravan now uh, has, uh, the last estimates were 7,500 strong. It was 5,000 this morning. Five th- it started off at, at what, 3,000 or mm-hmm. something like that? And just for context, the one that happened back in the spring was about 1,500. Wait a minute. Mm. I thought, <laughs> I thought oh. Mexico was told, stop this at your border or... Guatemala, or one of those countries. They, they were at every single country, at every single border, at the Honduran Guatemala and the Guan, uh, Guatemala and, and Mexico. just letting them through. So, well, at, at Mexico, they actually had people come in, and, uh, you know, federal police and stuff, and they basically just kind of stood there and said, no, stop, no, wait, you know, make sure you check in with the, you know, immigration uh, personnel, and they just kept marching through. Because there's 5,000 people. 
So at that point, so how are you going to stop them? So they just kept on marching. So now they're going. So they're, they're continuing on. Uh, who started this? So we've talked about this a little bit before, Glenn. But this, was, this is a Honduran political stunt. So it originated from, we actually, I think you broke that on radio. We were the first ones to talk about this. Seriously? We were the first ones to talk about this. Um, I think uh, Heritage talked about it the day after that. Mm. And then Fox News said they had this awesome source that told them that this was a Honduran political stunt. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's a Honduran political stunt from a political party that was ousted in the coup in about 2009. They're called the uh, Liberty and Refoundation Party. And uh, very, very leftist. They had ties. They're not really into liberty. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's just a catchphrase. But it's not. It's like the Patriot Act. (laughs) Really, isn't all that patriotic. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they had ties to Maduro uh, in Venezuela. They had ties to Raúl Castro in Cuba. Mm -hmm. These are bad guys. But so anyway, they've never gotten over being ousted in a coup. So they're always doing these little political stunts. And I think after the success of the first uh, caravan that happened and the media, you know, firestorm that blew up then, I think they're just copying that to put a focus on their own government. So it started off that way. Now, the question is, what's, like, I want to show really quick a video. This is a video um, that started circling around. I think there was a congressman that actually uh, uh, tweeted this out. It's a video of a group of people, of two men handing out cash. Um, So we've geolocated this area. So this is back in Honduras. This is not in Guatemala. This is not in Mexico. So this is geolocated actually in Honduras. No one has actually identified who these people are. My guess is they're probably party members. That, That would be my guess. Um, some people said that they were just shop owners that wanted to like help out, but they kind of look like they're in, I, 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 they kind of look like they're in uniform. So I guess it's possible, but I think they're part of this group. Uh, shop owners in Honduras don't have the money to be handing out, you know, cash like candy <laughs> in Honduras. Depends what you're selling, I guess, right? It depends. Um, it's also, there's also a question is, are they getting funds from somebody else? We're still looking at that here at the blaze. They could, this party could be getting funds elsewhere, but this could go a lot deeper than just even, uh, it can go actually go deeper than Soros. It could be, this could be an attack by Venezuela Maduro. I don't know. It could be a stunt from all these places. Look for, go back and look through all the pictures and I would ask the audience to do this too. Look for a red rose on anything on this. Um, Red Rose is the Democratic Socialists, especially down south in South America. You'll see the the use of the Red Rose. Anything that is promoting this, scour the internet for anything that is sourced from Mexico, uh, uh, Guatemala, Venezuela, anything that is involved with this, see if there's a Red Rose attached to it. That that could be a tip-off that it's Democratic Socialism. Well, there's, there's definitely some funds that are, that are being filtered here. Um, I want to show a picture really quick of, there's a picture that a lot of people are seeing, these long lines of uh, people. Look at that. I mean, that, thousands and thousands of people. This looks like the migrant crisis in Europe coming over from the Middle East. how many women or children are forced to pretend that they're 20-something males. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even, yeah, I see no women and children in, in, in that group. Yeah. But you can see they're, they're proudly flying as they're walking through uh, Mexico, the Honduran flag. So now, see, this is still a political stunt, a Honduran political stunt, because every time they do this, they break out the flag. I think that's very, very important to this and something that we need to keep an eye on. But if also, they change the flag when they get to the border to the American flag, they have help. Somebody is <laughs> advising them because that's what will set this up as a, you know, you're not going to let a bunch of um, uh, Hondurans in that you don't know anything about. But if they are carrying the American flag through, 
they're just poor migrant workers that have been oppressed and they want to be here, it, it will it, it it adds a different dimension to it. Well, they're definitely getting funds, and you, if you look at this picture, and I'll describe it for the people just listening on the podcast, no one's tired. So everyone's walking. They're walking thousands, like hundreds and thousands of miles. No one's tired. So what do you think is happening? You think they're walking all the way across multiple nations and getting to the United States? No. If I can show the next video um, that we just found, this is a video where you see they're, they're all in these little vests. Someone is coordinating this. They're jumping into a, a truck and they're getting bussed around or they're getting trucked around to places. Mm. But when the cameras are, 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 are on and they want the, the media spectacle, they all jump out of these trucks and they march in a long line. Otherwise, they're going in trucks. That's amazing. Yeah. So someone is paying for these. These trucks are not free. Those little vests, you know, with these, with these coordinators. Um, this is something that we saw when we looked at the last uh, Margaret Caravan is there was a group from an umbrella organization called CARA. I'm gonna break out my phone really quick, so I don't do the Kanye Soros. Thing. It was it was Soros uh, financed. It was Soros financed. So I want you when when everyone's doing your own homework on this, I want you to look for a few groups because these are notorious uh, Soros funded groups that are dealing with some of these caravans. Not necessarily this one, but they could pop up. Um, but look for a group called CARA. It's an umbrella organization, but they also include a group called the Catholic Legal Immigration Network and the American Immigration Council. These are two people that we talked about uh, when you did your show, when you outed all this before. They're the ones that get Soros checked Soros. straight from Sor uh, Soros. And they send, they send on-the-ground coordinators to go and actually help them do stuff like that. So what does this look like, Stu, on the ground? When are they supposed to arrive? I, I've, I don't know. I, I haven't seen any estimate. estimate but they're, they're the very surprised. southern tip of Mexico right Remember, now. it's next, next week is the last full week before the election, a weekend oh. from this next. On trucks, they could definitely make it. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, if they make it, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, not this weekend, but next, that's right to the lead up of the uh, election. And I said this earlier as well, but it's really no longer purely right to say we're two weeks away from the election. I mean, Texas early voting started today. I mean, people, you know, more than half of the people who are going to vote in this election are going to vote in the next couple weeks before that date actually comes up. And, uh, you know, early voting is a big deal. Absentee voting is a big deal. And that's what's interesting about this is that as this happens, I think I think this helps Donald Trump immensely at the very least until they get to the border. Right. Like right now, this this threat of thousands of people just rushing the border is helping Trump. I think it's helping Republicans right now. Mm. Um, we were talking a little bit about this earlier. I got to tell you, I think even at the border, the images are going to be horrible. He's going to say because we don't have a wall. So he has to send troops. What are they going to do? Shoot them? Yeah, they're no. not going to shoot them. So no. it'll be tear gas and you know SWAT team kind of stuff. It'll and be bad. And, and rubber, rubber bullets. bullets. Mm -hmm. And it will look like you know nineteen you know sixty eight Chicago. It and, won't be good. And that will I think there's a large part of the country that will see that as like look I. I might be able to be on the side of a dreamer, right? Some kid who came here at four years old, and now he's 16, and he's never lived anywhere else, and he doesn't remember anything else other than America. All right, maybe I can understand that argument. I can't understand having 7,500 people rush our border and overwhelm our border troops. No. That is not, um, that's so foreign to the American experience that I think people will, generally speaking, look at that and want to shy away, like they want to shy away from Antifa or push back against you know, chaos in the streets, you know, the, the Charlottesville situation. On the other side of this, if you get those images, they are going to, and the you're press going will to, get them. The, the press will get them, and it will not be pretty. And they will, and the press will present this as: here's a bunch of people looking for asylum from a terrible place. They just want to come in. They're all good people, and look at look at how evil Trump is with this. But there's no reasonable person. I just don't believe there's a reasonable person that thinks 
the United States could let 7,500 people just yeah. walk across our border. That's insanity. That's insanity. Yeah, but the, the, the global media has a playbook on this, though. They won't even cover, yep. they won't even talk about that aspect. Like, I was just in Israel. We're going to have a special on this uh, coming out pretty soon. But um, it's interesting because we didn't, we didn't expect really to do kind of this expose on how the press was handling Israel. But it just kind of turned out that way because we could not believe what we were seeing. And I was at the Gaza border on the worst day, um, right when the embassy was being uh, opened up in Jerusalem. And um, they, 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 it's, it's horrifying. There's cluster tear gas canisters going off. There were grenades going off. Um, Israel had to call in jets to bomb certain areas because we need to, we, we need to be there when that happens. I, t- I talked to the I, I talked to the uh, one of the commanders on the ground in Israel, and he was just he was he was so frustrated. He was like, "The media, I'm trying to tell them what's going on, but they won't listen to me." He goes, "They're lobbing grenades over the fence. They're setting IEDs with plastic explosives on the fence." You know, they're, they're trying to kill our soldiers. Balloons. Wasn't that the balloons one, too? Kites, they're, they're, kites. kites and yeah. balloons, yeah. Kites and, yeah, the arson is where they're burning. Mm-hmm. It's, burning it's, the fields. It is absolute chaos, but the media does not cover it. They cover only the response, and that's all you'll see from, West, from our media is our response to them, not what they do. They could be shooting at us, but they won't cover it. Guaranteed they won't cover it. Um, before we move on, can I just request that you send him and not me? <laughs> That's usually the way it works. Yeah. Oh, so the clear. white guy? Is he, oh. The white guy, huh? <laughs> really? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, all right, Stu, this is a really heartbreaking story. Moose are dying. Oh, my gosh, this is a terrible story. Uh, no, glo- no, so you glo- say this like you're... <laughs> Like you're being sarcastic. I am not. This, this is, is this is the death of of seventy meese mooses, mouses, <laughs> uh, seventy dead. Well, global it, warming. It's very scary. Uh, global warming is affecting um, moose populations, as you know. Uh, global warming is at fault for uh, you know extinction of, mm-hmm. of various species. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, moose, and the moose. moose is, will you agree that moose were one of those species? Absolutely. Right. How absolutely. many? How many there used to be? There was only fifty of them left in. in only f- fifty of them. But in New Hampshire I'm, and uh, Maine, there was only fifty moose. Right. And how many have um, died wow. since then? I mean, how many have died? Probably. I mean, probably <laughs> hundreds of. I don't know. I, I, I don't know the exact 70 number. Are, seventy are dead today. <laughs> well, this is the interesting part is we went from 50, and I don't mean... Right, negative 20 moose. Right, yes, there are no negative 20 Somebody's moose. printing up meese. <laughs> uh, there were 50, and not, again, 50,000, but four dozen plus two. 50 uh, moose in New Hampshire and Maine in, I believe it was 1970. Um, now, th- from 1970 today, as you know, we've seen uh, out-of-control global warming. Uh, and you know what happened to these 50 moose. They turned into 75,000. Uh, moose somehow uh, throughout all of this uh, credible warming they were managed to thrive as a species and really come back and you know there's other changes as well you know do with hunting and all these other restrictions but bottom line is through this warming period it's supposed to make all these species go extinct they went from 50 to 75,000 those 50 because mm-hmm. I don't know the you know population between male and female <laughs> They were busy. They were very busy. <laughs> hey, it was a busy. good time to be a moose. There's only three bulls. And they're like, ladies, <laughs> I'm over here. It's like the Stormy Daniels yeah. of moose. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was um <laughs> time. So, good time. Um, and so 50 to 75,000, you're in a good spot. Like, that's a success story, right? right? Like, you should be like, this is incredible. We went from 50 to 75,000. Why are you burying <laughs> well, the Well, the story now is that global warming is to blame uh, for 
for this incredible uh, explosion of moose population, which has, incl- which has created an incredible explosion of ticks. Because ticks, yeah. what they're doing is they're finding these moose, and they have up to 100,000 ticks on them at the same time, yeah. which is super no, creepy. Bloodsuckers, just like him. Just like me. <laughs> just like <laughs> him and other capitalists, bloodsuckers. Bloodsuckers. So now, global warming was to blame for them not having any moose. Then there's there, the global warming is to blame for having too many moose. Now the global warming is to blame for having too many ticks, and those ticks are now threatening the moose again to bring it back down to the early levels from where it was. They have <laughs> already killed 70 yes. meese. Yes. <laughs> Go with it. Go with it. Yeah, meese. So the the meese are dead. Um, Now they say that there has been a reduction uh, from the heights of seventy five thousand by a couple thousand, and they think it's related to these ticks. And I thought that was fascinating because, like, they're blaming global warming for literally every single part of the story, every outcome, good, bad, explosion, destruction. Everything is global warming. How do you lose with this argument? I mean, it is an incredibly flexible argument. The other thing I thought was kind of interesting is it's it reminded me very much of how people talk about the life issue, which is like mm-hmm. here, you know, we always they always say, well, yes, there's been these, you know, 60 million abortions. But how many of those people who were aborted would be unhappy now, who would be living a low quality of life now, who would, who would not be able to live the life of their dreams? Mm-hmm. And it's like. The argument, though, is you should. It's better to be alive and have that opportunity, right? <laughs> and here's the Meese who are out there. They went from 15 to 75,000, and now a couple of thousand may have died from too many ticks. Which, by the way, is an explosion of another species. Right. Like this is like the ticks aren't thinking this is bad. This is fantastic. <laughs> and of course, if the ticks kill all the Meese, then they'll all die too because that's how they live. They live off the Meese. So it is like, it's, it, it's an incredibly, fu- thank you, I know that. Um, <laughs> just wanted to correct you. Can we go back to that picture? And I'm sorry if you're listening to this, but I just want to point out something else that global warming is responsible for. Apparently, meese male pattern baldness. Yes. <laughs> you look at that picture, that, that, oh, wow. that moose. Yeah. Yeah, he's losing his hair on top of his head. Oh, yeah, he is. That looks like me with some horns. <laughs> <laughs> Jason feels his pain. Uh, all right, now is the time of the show where you get the opportunity to submit like super private, personal questions mm-hmm. to the Still guys. Answer them. Mm-hmm. And also Glenn Beck. Mm-hmm. He loves mm-hmm. when you get ultra personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but use the hashtag TheBlazeY and send us your comments or your questions. I, you know, I challenge you. I think I could make you more uncomfortable with my answers than you could with the questions. Uh, that's okay. been the challenge is on. <laughs> Give us all you got. Hashtag TheBlazeY. That's W-H-Y for uh, yeah. the podcast listeners. Uh, worship leader Caleb just <laughs> wanted to let Stu mm. let you know that he will be calling uh, O'Rourke Bob Franco Rourke from now on. Bob Frank, yes. So, <laughs> he, thank, he thanks you for uh Yeah, we, we discovered this on, uh, fr- I think it was Friday's show when Glenn was out. Pat and I were f- filling in, and, and we realized that, because uh, Beto said, everybody who's named Robert, what was Robert? Robert, uh, Umberto, Umberto, Gilbert, Albert. and Albert, yeah. uh, all, always named Beto. Of course, everybody, we, everybody knows that they're called right. Beto. We did later find out that there was almost no white people who were called. It was all, Hispanics, under in those circumstances, often are. And then we got to the point where we were like, well, Robert Francis O'Rourke should be just Bob Frank O'Rourke, right? That's actually, so Bob Frank, I think, is an okay way. If you put Bob Frank on the signs, I might vote for him, <laughs> just because it, at least he'd be being honest. But no, I would not vote for him. Well, but, and to add to that really quickly before we get to the poll, there's a audio 
of someone introducing yeah. him as Bob, right? When yeah. he was in the band. Pretty interesting. He was when he was in the band. He was on a show, and they were trying to alert him that the show was like we we're running out of time. Need to get the song going because it was a terrible intro they kept playing. And he, and you can hear the host of the show going, Bob, Bob, Bob. We're going to run out of show if you don't get started here. He's calling him Bob. Because, you know, it's his name. <laughs> it's not Beto, it's Bob. So there you go. Uh, all right, and today's poll. Uh, so the Trump administration has just unveiled this proposal to use the scientific definition of gender in all of the federal programs, things of that nature. Not science. I know. Can you believe it? Oh, my gosh. Bigots. Bigots. All of them. All of A them. lot of them. Um, and so, again, if there's any dispute uh, it will be clarified by genetic testing. It's actually really strict. So they're rolling back the previous Obama administration well, so policies. Hold on just a second. Yes. So who's the science denier now? Uh, yeah. Well, that, well, that will say it's Trump, right? He's, not, right. He's, not, he's not recognizing the new realities that we've discovered, that uh, people, gender is just a social construct. <laughs> That's not and science. And also global warming is responsible for everything. Yes. yes. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, so the poll question is, do you support the Trump administration's plans to use the scientific definition of gender when it comes to federal programs? Can that we is- get the, 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 the next day? Can we get the answer? Because I'm always yes. like... I wonder what the you answer know. was. Yes, yeah. I will make sure to get the answer Thank for you. you. All right. Thank you. You're <laughs> All right, that's it for us. See you guys tomorrow. Where do you take that poll? At The Blaze? At The Blaze, Twitter. Blaze Twitter. Yes. Oh. Hey, go to The Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.